Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host tonight for this telephone town hall. Tonight, I'm joined by Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada, and Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I am supported tonight by colleagues from many departments in the government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Municipal Affairs, Education, Agriculture and Irrigation, Jobs Economy and Northern Development, Indigenous Relations, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors Community and Social Services. Before we hear from our speaker, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by wildfires are connecting to this call and will soon have a chance to ask questions. You can get in line to ask a question right now or at any time by pressing star three on your phone and you'll be connected to an operator who will ask your name and your community. For those that are listening online, you can submit a question in the online portal right now or at any time. We ask that you do try to keep your question brief because we do have many people listening tonight. And in order to ensure our experts can answer as many questions as possible, I will read each question out loud. I would now like to welcome Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, to share some opening remarks. Bree, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us for tonight's Telephone Town Hall. We know this is a very difficult time, and I hope this platform helps you get the information you need. Tonight, I'm joined by representatives from across the Alberta government and the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Before we get to your questions, I'll start with a couple of reminders about resources available to you. We encourage everyone who is evacuated to register with your local municipality or online with the Alberta government at emergencyregistration.alberta.ca. Registering makes it easier to connect you with resources and provide you with updates on your community. We recognize this is an incredibly difficult situation and financial help is available. You are eligible for an emergency evacuation payment if you had to leave your primary residence for seven days or more due to an evacuation order. These one-time payments can help ease, ease the cost of being away from home and pay for accommodations, food, and other necessities. Applying online at alberta.ca slash emergency is the best way to get these payments with funds sent by e-transfer within 24 hours. However, if you are unable to receive an e-transfer, you can visit one of 15 Alberta Supports offices to get a prepaid debit card. If you need additional emergency support, you can also call 310-4455, which is staffed 24-7. I encourage all evacuees who are eligible to apply for evacuation payments as soon as possible. The wildfire situation remains highly volatile across Alberta, but we are hopeful there is some relief in sight. Cooler temperatures and scattered precipitation has started to settle into the province and we will continue through this week in some areas. While it is not sustained, the sustained soaking rain we really need, it will provide some relief to our firefighters who've been working tirelessly to respond to this emergency. Despite the forecast, it is important for all Albertans to remain vigilant, especially those who live in areas that remain under evacuation alert. For those who have been evacuated, I want to thank you for acting quickly and keeping each other as safe as possible. We know those of you who have been evacuated are eager to return home and rumors may be swirling, but it's very important to listen to the instructions from your local officials and wait for their official word. So please stay informed by paying attention to trusted and verified information sources. Lastly, I want to remind Albertans to stay inside when the air quality index is poor. Alberta continues to experience very poor air quality in many areas of the province with an air quality index of 10 plus in some communities. This means that strenuous activities outdoors should be avoided and ideally rescheduled until the air quality improves. Alberta Health Services has excellent information at albertahealthservices.ca regarding air quality information and how to best protect one's health. 
and anyone who needs to travel, whether because of evacuations or for other reasons, should check 511 for information on road conditions and closures and be cautious in areas where visibility is poor. And please stay safe. I want to allow as much time as possible for your questions, so let's get to them. Back to you, Sarah. Thanks for that, Bree. And for those of us just joining, my name is Sarah Morant and I'm your host tonight for the Telephone Town Hall. Joining me are Bree Hutchinson, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, and Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I am supported tonight with colleagues from many departments in the Government of Alberta, including the Department of Health, Municipal Affairs, Education, Agriculture and Irrigation, Jobs Economy and Northern Development, Indigenous Relations, Environment and Protected Areas, Mental Health and Addiction, and Seniors Community and Social Services. Tonight we are talking about the changing wildfire situation across Alberta, and if you have a question for any of those experts right now or at any time during the call, you can ask it by pressing star three on your phone and you'll be entered into our queue. And for those who are listening online, you can submit your question into the online portal anytime, including right now. Now, I'd like to get started with our first question of the evening. This question is submitted from a listener online and they ask, what is the status of the fire in Fox Creek? So I will have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening. Um, we have had a, a positive story to tell today on many of the wildfires across the province with the rain that we've seen. Uh, we did get rain on the fire in, in Fox Creek, and as a result, we've seen very low fire activity. Uh, I believe Highway 43 is now open, and uh, there's been no growth, uh, significant growth on the fire. So the priority for firefighters today has been to uh, extinguish any hot spots in the vicinity of the town and to continue helping to build a dozer guard, which is a fire guard in between the, the wildfire and the community. So uh, with the important work that they're doing now on the ground is in, in extinguishing some of those hot spots. They're going around looking for areas where they're seeing embers. Uh, they see there could be some activity. If, uh, if the wind flares up, it could become more active. So they're working hard on putting out some of those hotspots just to avoid any future flare-ups. And we do have significant resources on this fire. Uh, we do have uh, 160 firefighters along with a structural protection crew and working alongside the Fox Creek Fire Department there, as well as uh, members of the Canadian Armed Forces. So um, we do have a lot of uh, resources assigned to that fire everyone uh, working very hard on bringing that uh, under control and changing the status from out of control where it is now. Thanks, Christy. Our next question comes from Ray in Fox Creek and Ray says, when will I be able to go back to Fox Creek? So I'll have Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, please go ahead. Thanks for your question, Ray. And I know everybody who's evacuated is really anxious to get back home. So I can tell you, number one, if you want the best updates and the most frequent updates of what's going on for your community, uh, your local authority with Fox Creek has a really great updated website that's giving uh, lots of updates throughout the day on what the current situation is. So I know your community is working very hard on the re-entry plan. They're ensuring that there is power for the community, that essential services such as grocery stores and the hospital are back up and running. Uh, it was fully stocked and able to service community members and that uh, other utilities are in place. So I think with uh, some of the better news with weather and the fire status means that they're moving forward pretty quickly with the re-entry plan. So I don't have an exact date for you yet. Your local officials are the best ones to share that information with you, but I can tell you that they are working very hard 
and hopefully this means in the next couple of days, if everything goes well, you'll be able to return. But once again, I'd encourage you to go to Fox Creek's uh, web page or their Facebook site because they are updating it multiple times a day with the latest news of where you're at for the reentry plan. Thanks for that, Bree. Our next question was submitted online from Ethan. And Ethan says, do I have to file my fire insurance claim right away? Or how much time would I have to do this? So I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Hi, Ethan, and thank you for the question. It is difficult to be out of your home. And I want to reassure you that you do have time in order to file your insurance claim. The main reason for getting the claims process started and initiating the claims process is so that you can be reimbursed as soon as possible. If you are evacuated, you could be incurring costs like hotel costs or additional food or laundry services. These types of expenses are commonly covered under your additional living expense. If, however, you want to wait until you're back home and you want to assess the damage in order to make a claim, you can do that as well. We just want you to start that claims process when you're safe, when you're in the right space in order to discuss the damages that you have and start that process. Stay safe, Ethan. Thanks very much, Rob. Our next question is submitted from Annika in Entwistle, and Annika says, I cannot access evacuation payments. I do not have ID, and I've gone in person twice and have been turned away both times. What can I do now? So I'll have my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And sorry to hear about your challenges, Annika. To apply for the emergency evacuation benefits, there are some requirements. You must be in a community that meets the eligibility criteria, which means you've been out for at least seven days, excuse me, a minimum of seven days. Now, if you have been there twice in person, the staff members would have given you some instruction as to what's missing in your application. It could be identification, which means that you have some opportunity to reapply and bring in the identification or verification of your circumstances as requested by the worker. Oftentimes that can be a utility bill, uh, a copy of your driver's license with your address in there, a copy of your lease, anything that's going to demonstrate that you're a resident of that community. The other piece is, Annika, when you do collect the necessary documents to complete your EEP application, you can apply again. You have up to 30 days from the evacuation date to make that application in full to get your payments. If you have any additional questions, I'd recommend you call 310-4455 and ask to speak to a staff member who can provide you more specific information about your application. Thank you, Annika. Thanks very much for that, Maggie. And for anyone who has just joined us and would like to enter our conversation by asking a question, you can do so right now by pressing star three on your phone and you'll be entered into the queue. The next question comes from Chad and Chad is listening online. Chad's question is, I heard the Edmonton and Calgary evacuation centers are closed. What should I do? So I'll have Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thanks, Chad. So although, um, so the Edmonton Evacuation Center did close and there can, there's still resources available at Northgate for Edmonton that you can reach out to with for um, Seniors Community Social Services. Uh, the Calgary one is closing tomorrow at 5 p.m. And there will be once again, um, community social services staff available at Westland Calgary, the Alberta Support Center there. 
In addition, if you need additional supports with evacuations to navigate, I encourage you to call 310-4455. We can help you wherever you are. You don't need to actually physically go into a center to provide more information, or you can access additional information on some of the supports, including registering for evacuation payments at alberta.ca slash emergency. If you don't need to physically go to a center, if you want to use the phone or the internet, but there are those two support centers for Calgary. Once again, that's at the Westland Calgary Alberta Support Centre and in Edmonton at the Northgate Mall. Thanks, Bree. Our next question comes from Cecile, who's listening online. And Cecile says, where can I get information on schools opening if I am allowed to go back to my community? So I'll have my colleague, Kindy Joseph, with the Department of Education. Please go ahead. Thanks, Sarah, and uh, thank you, Cecile, for the question. Um, what I can tell you is that uh, school leaders in communities uh, that are reopening have been working very closely with their local emergency response coordinators. Um, they're assessing the facilities as they get ready to reopen to ensure that uh, students have a safe school environment. Uh, this includes looking at things like water or air intake or power to a school. Um, the best place to get information on school reopenings is from your school, so either the phone number that you used or the website or their Facebook page. Whatever communication mechanism you used in the past to stay in touch with your school, um, I, I would go back to those, uh, those mechanisms and stay in close contact with your school. I am aware that quite a few schools did reopen today, um, and hopefully yours was one of them. Thank you for your question, Cecile. Thanks, Kindy. Our next question was submitted online from Jack. And Jack says, are there any out-of-province firefighters that are still here? And will they be here all summer? So I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Jack. Uh, yes, we have more than uh, 1,100 firefighters from other jurisdictions here in the province right now. Um, all the way from Alaska to New Brunswick. Uh, we have a lot of uh, agreements in place with other uh, provinces and it allows us to bring firefighting resources here when we need them. Um, and we certainly have been grateful to, to have them. Uh, we had another team from Parks Canada arrive today. We have 96 hotshot uh, firefighters arriving from the States tomorrow. Uh, later this week, we will have uh, 25 firefighters from New Zealand arriving on Thursday and 196 from Australia over Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So uh, the, the, the long answer to your question is uh, certainly we will bring them in as long as we need them here. Um, it's wonderful to have a, a bit of rain, uh, but it's certainly not going to uh, put an end to all of the wildfires that are currently burning in the province. It's long and arduous work to put out wildfire. And if we need additional help uh, all summer long, then we have the ability to uh, request additional help all summer long through these agreements that we have with other organizations. Thanks very much, Christy. Our next question comes from Jason in Swan Hills. And Jason says, I just moved into my house in Swan Hills. We lived there for only four days, then I was evacuated. I haven't changed my address yet, but I do have official lease agreement paperwork. Am I still eligible for the payments? So I'll have my colleague, Maggie Carroll, with Seniors Community and Social Services, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Great question, Jason. If you've established residence, and it was your primary residence at the time of the evacuation, then you would be entitled to apply for the emergency evacuation payment. You can do that online, Jason, or you can do that in person at one of our Alberta Supports locations. If you have any more questions in that regard, you can call 310-4455, and we'd be happy to answer your questions. But as a new resident of Alberta, as long as your primary residence was within the community that has been evacuated, you are entitled uh, to those benefits as long as you meet all other criteria. Good luck, Jason, and welcome to Alberta. Thanks, Maggie. And for those who haven't had a chance to join the conversation by asking a question, I will inform you that you can do that by pressing star three 
on your phone and for those listening online by simply entering a question into the online portal. The next question comes from Osama in Swan Hills and Osama says, why are insurance companies acting like this is an act of God and they are not reimbursing anything for businesses? Payments are going out for individuals, but not for businesses. So I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Hi, Osama. Thank you for the question. And this raises a topic that I'm hoping everyone can understand as well. Insurance policies in Canada don't use the phrase act of God in their wordings. In fact, insurance policies, both for home and businesses, commonly exclude severe weather damages like wind and hail, and definitely for wildfire. Business policies are built differently than home insurance policies. For business insurance policies, typically you need to have direct damage from the fire that impacts your business in order for your policy to respond. As well, business insurance policies can purchase additional or optional business interruption coverage. And what that does is if your business is shut down as a direct result of fire damage to your property, then you'd be able to claim for that loss of business income. So the best thing to do is to reach out to your insurance representative to understand the coverage that you have and depending on the damage or your specific situation for your business, they'll be able to let you know how your insurance policy will respond. Thanks for the question, Osama. Thanks, Rob. Our next question was submitted online from Marco. And Marco says, I'm on an evacuation alert and have my family visiting from outside of the country. Are there any resources in other languages I can share with them? So I'll have Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Thanks, Marco. We do have um, translation services available through 310-4455, and they'll be able to translate in over 200 languages. So not every language, but there's quite a few available out there. So I'd encourage you, if you have family coming from outside of Canada or may speak another language, to contact 310-4455, and they'll help translate uh, the information you need to have translated. Thanks very much, Bree. Our next question is submitted online from Taylor. And Taylor says, I heard one of the fires is no longer out of control. Which fire is that and what does it mean? Is the fire almost out? And I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Um, thanks for the question. Uh, yes, we have had, uh, as I said, some, some good news on some of the fires that we're working on because of the precipitation. But I will say mostly because of the hard work of firefighters, not entirely because of the precipitation, but it helped. Uh, we have been able to reclassify uh, the Sturgeon Lake complex of fires uh, from out of control uh, to being held. And, and what that means is that under the current conditions with the resources that are working on that fire, we do not expect it to grow beyond the established boundaries. The perimeter of the fire is not expected to grow. Um, so it, it certainly is um, good news. Uh, it's, uh, it means that it's, uh, it's not expected to grow. So uh, out of control means the fire may be expected to grow. Being held means it's not expected to grow. There are another couple of steps to go before we get all the way to extinguished. Uh, we then reclassify it as under control and then extinguished. But uh, that process can take a long time. As I said, you, you need to have firefighters on the ground there doing the hard work of um, digging up hotspots and, and uh, turning over and, and making sure all of the individual areas that are still burning within the perimeter are then out. And that's when they can make that reclassification. So, I mean, it certainly does help. Uh, we're very happy to have um, uh, the amount of rain that fell on the fire. Um, we had similar story with the, the fire in Clear Hill County that is uh, changing um, status to being held as well. Um, 
and and certainly uh, don't want to give the weather all the credit. Uh, our firefighters have been working hard on these fires too, uh, doing what they can. Uh, and uh, but the uh, little um, a little help uh, from uh, from the rain is certainly gives them maybe a ability to work on some areas maybe that they would not have been able to access because of um, worse conditions or or more extreme fire behavior. So uh, good news for firefighters and, and certainly everyone very happy to see the rain. Thanks very much for that, Christy. Our next question comes from Jesus in Swan Hills. And Jesus says, based on our insurance, they told us that if we are going to claim house insurance, our premium will be increased monthly. Is this true? So I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Hey, Zoo, I want to reassure you and everyone that a wildfire event does not automatically impact everyone's premiums. The insurance industry is well capitalized for these events. Insurance companies are processing thousands of claims for people that have been evacuated or do have damage. Everyone's situation is going to be a little bit different, and it's based on the unique factors of your specific insurance policy and other items related to you, like your claims history or the type of coverage that you have. The best option for you is if you do need financial assistance while you're evacuated, or if you do have damage, to start that claims process right away to ensure that you're able to get the support that you need to make sure that the repairs are completed properly. Once your claim is concluded, I'll just remind you that there are over 145 insurance companies throughout Alberta offering a variety of home, auto and business insurance coverage. So when you're at the point of your renewal, you can reach out and get quotes from other providers to make sure that you're getting the coverage that you need at a price that you can afford. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Rob. And for anyone who has just joined and hasn't had a chance yet to ask a question and would like to do so, you can press star three right now and enter the queue. And for those listening online, you can enter a question into that online portal at any time during the call. Her next question was submitted from a listener in the online portal. And Leah says, I am feeling st stress of worrying about my home and family as I'm still evacuated. Are there any mental health resources specific to the people affected by the wildfires? So I'll ask my colleague, Tara White, with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction to please go ahead. Hi, Leah. Thank you very much for your question. We know that the wildfires are affecting the mental wellness of many of those whose lives have been impacted by the wildfires. And it's normal for people to feel stressed and worried at this time. And it is really important for people to know that there are supports available for you. We've worked closely with our partners across the province to ensure that there are supports for those impacted by the wildfires. There's several resources that you can contact for support and I'll, I'll go over them here. Um, one of the things you can do wherever you are in the province is you can call 211 or you can text INFO, I-N-F-O to 211 or visit ad.211.ca to learn about resources that are available in the local area where you are. The individuals responding to those calls are highly trained and are able to provide support to you. You can also access Counseling Alberta, and that's immediate counseling supports that are available to support um, virtual counseling and you can contact them at 1-833-827-4230. So I'll say that one more time. 1-833-827-4230 or you can visit 
www.counselingalberta.com to access virtual counseling services. Finally, there's a mental health helpline available through Alberta Health Services. And that line, you can contact them at 1-877-301-7800. That's 1-877-303-2642. That's a lot of information. So if all you can remember is to call 211, they will be able to help support you to access both those two other lines as well as other services available for you. So thank you for the question and best of luck. Thanks for that, Tara. Our next question is from Mohammed in Swan Hills. And Mohammed says, I live in a rental place. My primary address does not reflect where I currently live in Swan Hills. All my mail goes to my other address where my family lives. How do I get the funding? So I'll ask my colleague, Maggie Carroll, with the Department of Seniors, Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And Mohammed, good question. You know, um, the fires don't follow our patterns in life and moving is just one of those things. Um, if you were in the process of moving, Muhammad, but you have verification of your primary residence now being within the Swan Hills area, you can get something like a lease agreement or some evidence to demonstrate that you're actually a resident of that community. Bring that to your appointment or to any Alberta supports location in your vicinity, and they can help you through the application process. You will need confirmation because your ID and all primary evidence that you have of where you live is outside of the Swans Hills community. If you can get us something confirming, uh, we'll be sure to review your application for you. And remember, Mohammed, as you're getting settled in the Swan Hills area, you have 30 days to complete that EEP application. That's the emergency evacuation payment. So please don't stress. Um, if you can get that identification or confirmation of your residence for us, we're more than happy to review your application. Thank you, Mohammed. Good luck. Thanks very much for that, Maggie. Our next question is submitted from Marissa, who's listening online. And Marissa says, what are the steps someone can take if they lost their identification during the evacuation and their local registry is closed in Valley View? So I'll ask Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Marissa. And this is not that uncommon of a problem. So you're not alone on this. But if you call 310-4455, they actually will direct you to a local registry that is close to wherever you're at and assist you in getting new identification submitted. So once again, just call 310-4455, tell them where you are, and they'll help you find a registry that's close by to assist you in getting new identification. Thanks very much for that, Bree. Our next question is submitted online by Gagan, and Gagan says, will we get emergency evacuation benefits again as we are evacuated for almost 20 days now and the given money is not enough to meet the expenses? So I'll start with my colleague, Maggie Carroll, with Seniors Community and Social Services. Maggie, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Gagan, it is a very unfortunate circumstances, and I'm assuming by your question, you've already applied on the emergency evacuation payment. You're right, it's a one-time payment. It's not something we can duplicate. However, if you're in need of financial assistance, um, you can contact our 310-4455 number. Ask to speak to the Income Support Contact Center. They'll assess your current need and determine what supports we can offer. Emergency benefits can cover things like food, clothing, accommodation, transportation, prescription costs. Please don't hesitate to call. We'd be happy to assess your circumstances to see what financial support we may be able to offer. Thank you for the question, Gagan. 
Thanks very much for that, Maggie. And for anyone who is listening online and would like to ask a question, I'll remind you you can do so by simply entering it into that online portal. And for everyone on the phone, it's simply by pressing star three and you can join the conversation. The next couple of questions I have are from listeners in Swan Hills. I'll start with Patrick. Patrick says, what is the status of the fire in Swan Hills? And when can we possibly return home? I'll also share Melissa's question. How close is the fire to the waste treatment plant by Swan Hills? And Mildred in Swan Hills also asks, with the rain that we've had, how close are we to going back home to Swan Hills? And finally, Angel, or perhaps it's Enhel, is listening online and says, are we going to be allowed to go home to Swan Hills soon? And how bad, how bad is the smoke and how close is the fire? So I know those were four unique questions from our listeners with a lot of different information, but I'm going to start with Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire on a status update of the fire in Swan Hills. And after Christy, we'll go to Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency on an update on a possible return home for the listeners in Swan Hills. Christy, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, well, uh, the Grizzly Complex, which is uh, three separate uh, fires that are being fought uh, at the same time as a complex, are uh, the ones uh, near the town of, of Swan Hills, as well as uh, several communities in Big Lakes County. Uh, and I, I'm happy to say we did receive some precipitation, some rain on, that, on those fires, about 30 to 40 millimeters of rain, which can make a difference uh, to firefighters working on those fires. They're still technically classified as out of control um, because, you know, they, they don't change status uh, lightly. They want to, to be sure that the fire is completely contained uh, before they uh, change status to being held. Um, but we, they are working very hard and continue to focus on hot spots, um, particularly anything along the perimeter that might be closest to the community. So working harder to sort of extinguish uh, uh, the areas that might still be uh, alive or, or have embers in them, particularly closer to communities. That's important work and it helps create a distance between the fire and the communities. We do have heavy equipment on that complex to continue to build containment lines around uh, and, and separate uh, the fire from the community further. So uh, work still ongoing, um, people working very hard on that fire to, to change that status. I know people are very eager to get home, uh, happy to say we haven't seen any significant growth uh, and that our firefighting has been uh, so far um, uh, successful as well as with some um, some help from the rain in limiting the activity and growth of that fire. Uh, there was a question on how far the fire is from the waste treatment plant. Uh, it's currently 18 uh, kilometers from the plant. And uh, we do have uh, an Ontario incident management team um, working on that fire with all of the firefighters, helicopters, and heavy equipment as well. Thanks, Christy. And perhaps we'll check with Bree Hutchinson now with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency on the questions about possible reentry to Swan Hills. Bree? Yeah, thank you for this. So there's a number of things that have to be in place in order for community members to return home after an evacuation order. So as Christy discussed, there's a number of items under with the wildfire and we've had some really good news with the wildfire, but there's other things that need to be done when people have been outside the community. Uh, so one of the pieces is, especially in Swan Hills, uh, we had worked with your community to ensure there was some structural protection units. Uh, so these are sprinklers and whatnot with lots of big uh, trucks to move water with, with large hoses and water containers um, that are around the community to protect it. So we have to remove those vehicles equipment so people can get back in and access. Uh, we also have to ensure that all utilities are intact, 
that you have electricity, gas, et cetera, which there were no issues there. So that should be good. But one of the other pieces they have to look at is, is there food in the grocery store? Was there any spoilage or anything there that to take care of? And then also ensuring that the health center is intact. So they really want to take a whole community approach to ensure the appropriate infrastructure is in place so people can safely re-enter. Um, so I know your community is working very hard on this reentry plan. I do think this will happen in the next couple of days at the most, where you will get notice from your um, community leaders that it's time to come home. So what I would encourage you to do is really pay attention to the social media and the web pages for Swan Hills, because they will be using those methods to give you updates on what's happening in next steps and just wait for um, to get the notification from local officials of when you can return home because as I said they really want to make sure the community is safe and ready for people to re-enter in an orderly fashion to ensure that all the first responders and other people who are supporting your community are also safe as well so please pay attention to the updates from your local officials um, hopefully they'll have some good news for you very soon thanks for that information Bree and if you would like to join the conversation by asking a question, we have just about 20 minutes left and I encourage you to press star three to enter the queue or for those listening online to simply enter it in the online portal. Our next question was submitted online from Lauren and Lauren says, where can I find information if needed about medical services that will be open when we are able to re-enter our community? So I'll ask Dave Brown with Alberta Health Services to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah, and thank you, Lauren, for the question. Um, where where information is, can be found is ahs.ca slash or forward slash wildfire. Um, that's the website that all of our medical facilities um, are listed for being open or being closed. And that's your first um, opportunity to, to check for yourself. The other um, portal that you may um, can access is always 811, where an RN and, um, and our services can be um, questioned specifically to uh, whether they're open or not and whether or not other services are available. So either of those sources are, are great. I would encourage um, uh, any callers with questions around health information to follow AHS's social media channels for any specific information for communities that are at risk from wildfires. Thank you. Thanks for that, Dave. The next question is submitted from Riley, who's listening online. And Riley says, I'm currently evacuated and one of my son's regular prescriptions is about to run out. Can I go to any pharmacy for this? So I'll ask Wanda Obi with the Department of Health to please go ahead. Hi, thank you so much for that question and I'm sorry to hear about your circumstances, but yes, you can go to any pharmacy, uh, explain your situation and they will be able to support you in uh, having that prescription renewed. So all the best to you and take care. Thanks, Wanda. Our next question is submitted from Tracy and Edson and Tracy says, what is the status of the fire in Edson today? How many kilometers is it from town? So we'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Good evening, Tracy. Uh, well, there's been a little change from, from yesterday on that fire. Fortunately, the Pembina complex has shown very low fire activity uh, with the rain and the humidity that we have in the air. Um, it is still 14 kilometers from town. So no change on the status of that fire. Firefighters are still working there on, uh, on uh, fire guards and uh, we do have uh, crews working on hot spots on the Southeast perimeter and, and reinforcing containment lines. So uh, good news there, no, no growth on the fire and the fires in the Pembina complex near Edson. Thanks for that, Christy. Our next question is submitted from Dawn in Wildwood. And Dawn says, will there be financial assistance for people who have been evacuated for less than seven days? So I'll ask Maggie Carroll with the Department of Seniors, Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Dawn, what a great question. 
Um, obviously, any disruption from your home or having to be evacuated for any period of time can create some hardship. The emergency evacuation payment does not kick in until the seventh day of an evacuation for any specific community. However, Don, if you are experiencing any financial hardship and need to reach out for financial support, you can contact the 310-4455 number. That's 310-4455. There are emergency benefits that you can apply for through the Income Support Contact Center that can cover things like food, clothing, transportation, temporary accommodation to help meet your immediate needs. So please don't, don't hesitate to reach out. That's 310-4455 and it's the Income Support Contact Center. Thank you for your question. Thanks very much for the response, Maggie, and thanks for the questions that are coming in. There still is time to submit a question for those listening online. Simply enter it in the portal. And for those listening on the phone, you can do so by pressing star three and you'll be entered into our queue. The next question was submitted from Ian, who's listening online this evening. And Ian says, where can I get the most recent info about air quality in my community or across the province? So I'll ask my colleague, Jamie Curran with the Department of Environment and Protected Areas to please go ahead. Ian, thank you for that question. Um, every hour, 24 hours a day, uh, there are over 200 monitoring air monitoring sites across the province uh, looking at our air quality. Um, there's 40 communities that are monitored on a website at airquality.alberta.ca that references uh, information around the Alberta or the Air Quality Health Index, which rates your air quality from one to 10 and 10 being the worst. So I'd recommend you go to the website, airquality.alberta.ca and you'll find the latest information. Thanks for that information, Jamie. Our next question is submitted from Helena, who's listening online. And she asks, I was wondering if this rain would help get the fire out. So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to go ahead. Um, it certainly helps. Uh, it certainly helps. It helps the work of, of firefighters who are, who are putting in the hours uh, on the ground there. It helps to alleviate the conditions and keep the fire behavior low. Uh, one of the dangerous uh, things about fighting fire is when you can see active fire behavior, and we certainly don't want to put uh, firefighters in the, in the path of danger. So uh, it, having lower fire behavior makes the uh, fire more predictable, and it allows us to make progress, certainly, on, on uh, the work of extinguishing the fires. Um, I know, you know, many people are happy to see the rain and, and very excited to go home. And, and certainly, um, that I can understand that feeling. Um, firefighters do need the time to put in the work in order to really secure containment lines so that the municipalities can feel confident in, in bringing their, their citizens back home safely. Um, I would like to say if, uh, if you know, we are making progress uh, on many of the fires and if we start to see communities uh, going back home, it is important for people to remember that it still is an active fire situation. Even a fire that is changed status is considered being held is still an active wildfire and things can change on, on those fires. So um, please be careful when you are returning home, uh, make certain you avoid any area that may have been affected by the wildfire. Um, burned tree roots uh, can make trees very unstable and it means that they can uh, they can fall over and they can be dangerous so um, certainly um, please if you are going home uh, please ensure that uh, firefighters are allowed to continue working uh, and that you uh, avoid the area that has been burned by wildfire um, because it could be dangerous uh, dangerous for you to to walk in there Thanks very much. Our next question is from Alyssa, who is listening online. And Alyssa says, I had just moved to Drayton Valley a few weeks prior and hadn't had a chance to update any of my identification, any of my identification prior to being evacuated. Now I'm facing the huge hurdle of accessing financial supports without proper ID and no way to get it at home. 
So I'll ask my colleague, Maggie Carroll, with Seniors, Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Another great question. Identification is not um, unusual for people to leave behind. So in the process of your evacuation, uh, you have from the date the evacuation was announced in your community, 30 days to apply for the emergency evacuation payment. If you're experiencing some challenges in completing that application because you are missing some identification or key information required to make that application complete, you can still call for emergency financial benefits through 310-4455, and we can assess your eligibility for emergency financial benefits through the Income Support Contact Center. In the meantime, I would strongly encourage you to gather up any demonstration of your residence within the evacuated community, and you can once again apply for the EEP benefits, that's the Emergency Evacuation Benefits, to be able to demonstrate that you resided in that community is a critical element in that application process. Again, you have 30 days, and in the meantime, if you have any financial hardship that you're experiencing and you're needing assistance, please reach out and we'll look at determining what you may be eligible for. Thank you for the question. Thanks for that, Maggie. Uh, this question is submitted from Gary in Evansburg and Gary would like to know, has the status of the fire in Evansburg changed with the rain? So I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Good evening, Gary. Uh, the, uh, the fires that are uh, near the Evansburg area, that's the Deep Creek Complex, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the first uh, number of fires that we had in this extraordinary season. Uh, it has been burning for a while, but we do know that they have received some precipitation, uh, which is good news uh, for the firefighters. They are continuing to work there with crews and heavy equipment, um, working on uh, some of the containment that they have been uh, making progress on. Uh, one of the difficult things is that uh, some of the fire is burning in, in PT material, so it, it burns down, uh, which takes a lot longer to extinguish than, than a fire that's more on the surface, and they really have to uh, work down uh, to make sure that the, the fire, there are no embers left and there's nothing that could flare up later. So a lot of work going on there, but they haven't seen any growth on the fire, which is good news, and they've seen low fire behavior, as we have seen with many of these wildfires that have received rain. So uh, we have an incident management team, firefighters, helicopters, heavy equipment, as well as military assistance on this fire. Uh, and uh, so they are continuing to work and, um, and uh, taking advantage of the break that the weather's giving them. Thanks for that information, Christy. Our next question submitted online comes from Grace. And Grace says, my community is on evacuation alert, but I'm seeing the weather is changing. How long should I be prepared for now and what do I need to bring? So I'll ask my colleague Bree Hutchinson with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. So I know as, as Christy's explained too, the rain has helped with some of the fires, but we have to remain vigilant, especially if your community's on an evacuation alert. And I very much understand how stressful that is, is having to be prepared. So different uh, communities have different evacuation alert levels. So some are on, are on a four hour alert, others are much shorter. So it really depends where you're at. But I think the best thing to do and what we've been recommending is folks to have a kit together for up to seven days if they do need to leave. And so I do understand that is can be quite taxing for people when you're trying to live your normal life and also have a kit together. But having something pulled out with some clothes, having your medication, your important documents such as your ID, potentially your insurance anything else that you might need if you're out of the house for a period of time and then as well with your pets if you have them to make sure that you have 
travel carriers, their leashes, some of their food and medications, et cetera, just some are easily accessible for you that if something happened and you did get an evacuation order, you could easily pull those things together and get in your car and leave. And the other piece of that is making sure your vehicle is fueled. And I would even say if you have the, if you have a mobile device is having the 511 app on there because it can help you navigate your way out if needed. But we do have quite a few detailed lists on alberta.ca slash be prepared that outlines a number of ways that you can make sure you have kits together if you're on an evacuation alert and be prepared to move if you need to while also helping you live your life because I understand some of these evacuation alerts have been going on for many days and it's very tough to remain vigilant for that long. So I'd encourage you to go to that website to take a look to and see if there's additional tips you can do to help support your family in this, these times. Thanks very much, Bree. And for anyone who is listening online and would like to ask a question, I will just let you know that the information box where you are typing is exactly where you can submit your question. And one of my colleagues will ensure that it comes to me and I will do my best to get to every question before we end at 8 p.m. The next question that was submitted online comes from Lucas and Lucas says, what kind of information will my insurance company need when I get home? Should I take photos before we unpack? And I'll ask Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada to please go ahead. Hi, Lucas, and thank you for the question. Yes, as soon as you're able to return home, I would encourage you to take a good look around your home inside and outside. You know what your home looked like before you were evacuated, so you'll be able to determine if there's any damage to your property since you've been evacuated. Take a look in your fridge. If there was a power outage, there could be from some food spoilage in there. And if there's any fire damage to your home, you wanna make sure that you document and take photos. So any items that are damaged, make a list and take photos and reach out to your insurance provider right away to start that claims process. Your insurance company is there to help you and support you while you're evacuated and also when you get home, if you do have any damage to your property. Thanks for the question, Lucas. Thanks, Rob. Our next question submitted is from Patrick in Swan Hills and Patrick says, my identification is for Canuso, but I live in Swan Hills. Is there any help getting supports because my ID does not reflect the area that I evacuated from? My security camera shows they have removed the houses from our area, so can we return? So I'll start with my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services, and then I'll ask Bree Hutchinson to follow up on the second question, which is, can we return? Maggie, please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Patrick, I understand uh, you must be experiencing some frustration not having your identification easily accessible and indicative of where you're living right now. Unfortunately, if your identification and your substantiation of your current residence does not demonstrate a residence within the evacuated community, you are going to have to be able to provide some substantiation of your new primary residence. So if your residence is now within an evacuation area, you will need to substantiate um, that residence for us, which means you can get a copy of your lease agreement, you can have your identification updated to reflect your new address, you can bring in some utility bills that shows that you're, you know, um, paying bills at a current address that's within the evacuation center. You also, as a community member, the residents must, um, sorry, the community must have been evacuated for at least seven days to be eligible for the emergency evacuation payments. You can still apply up to 30 days after the evacuation of your community, as long as all things being equal, bring in confirmation of your residence and who you are, and we'll be able to reassess your application for emergency evacuation payments. Thank you for your question, Patrick. And Bree, over to you on the second half, which is my security camera shows that they have removed the houses from our area. Can we return? 
Yeah, thanks, Patrick. And this is the joy of modern technology for you to be able to see live what's going on. So I believe they were removing some of the structural protection units today, which would be where the hoses you're looking from. But as I, I kind of stated earlier, there's a bunch of other things that are going on to make sure the your community is safe for you to return. So while your area with your camera, you can see they've removed the hoses. There might still be some in other areas they're trying to remove. And in addition, making sure you have all those other essential services back up and running and that there's access to essential services for people safely to return in a coordinated fashion. Just keeping in mind, there's still quite a few first responders and other officials in those areas making sure things are safe for people to return to because we want to avoid going home and then having to leave again. So I'd recommend to you, um, as I said, I think your community's done a lot of great work. If you check out their website and their Facebook page to see what they're saying, but they will provide you information when you're ready to re-enter in a safe way. Thanks for that, Bree. And for clarifying, uh, Patrick, my apologies. I said they removed houses and I know your question said hoses. I hope, uh, I hope Bree was able to clarify in her response. The final question this evening is from Jason, who's listening online and wants to know about early voting in Fox Creek. Where do we go and what do we bring? Well, Jason, I can let you know the best place for that information is to visit elections.ab.ca, and there is information there for you and anyone else looking for voter information. I would like to take an opportunity to thank everyone for submitting your questions over the phone and online this evening. I hope you were able to find the information that you were looking for. And if you are still looking for information, please visit alberta.ca slash emergency or call 310-4455. I would like to thank all of our experts for contributing to this dialogue tonight and my many colleagues from across the government of Alberta. Thank you for participating. And we will be back again on Thursday of this week from 7 until 8 p.m. If you did not have your question answered, we encourage you to participate again, and we will try to get through as many questions as we can. Thank you. Stay safe and good night.